number 122, Divine Contempt. And you better get ready for Judgment Day. And that's the gavel. That's the first half with a score still. Who bloody cares? 46 and only Hellfire in a Subaru trailing behind at 15. Yes, indeed, and uh, welcome in to this, the 122nd edition of uh, Fusebox. I'm your devil with a halo host, Mark Rose, and over there, the always angelic Archbishop of Bells and Whistles, Milt Kane. Yeah, thank you kindly. You know, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to need this cue a lot today. <laughs> you may, you may indeed, as uh, we have quite the assortment of heavenly and hellish bits for you on the, this program, friends. There has been a ridiculously hilarious series of posts regarding um, a recent series we, we must address, of course, as well as the world's first naked pub. Really? I kid you not. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I'll just stick around. I was just, you know, quite out taking a nap. Oh, no, no, no. You'll want to be fully present for all this stuff. I assure you. Uh, my goodness. Oh, 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 oh. And speaking of liars... Lying liars that lie. Okay, look, I just want to address this this one political thing that occurred a, a few days back on uh, uh, Meet the Press, okay? The uh, the orange guy was being interviewed on that program about numerous topics, but the one that uh, sort of struck me in the face like a stinking halibut was the question regarding losing the popular vote in the uh, 2016 election. Well, here's the cl- here's a bit of the clip. No, I'm probably not too prepared to lose. I don't like losing. I haven't lost very much. You didn't in like my life. the fact that you lost the popular vote. That bothered you, didn't it? Well, I think it was a. Uh, I mean, I'll say something that again is controversial. There were a lot of uh, votes cast that I don't believe. I look at California, Mr. President. Excuse me. But that's it. Take a look at Judicial Watch. Take a look at their settlement, where California admitted to a million votes. They admitted to a million votes. A million votes to what? Take a look at what Judicial. Are you Judicial Watch made a settlement. What? There were there was much about what? there was much illegal voting. But let me tell you about popular vote. Do you have a second? A yes, because you were <laughs> Okay, so so Chuck Todd, the uh, host of Meet the Press, there was as flabbergasted as uh, any of us on this issue. A million votes faked. <laughs> you know, I think they had that confused with Florida. But in any event, we did some research. Right here, this crack team of researchers on Fusebox and determined that uh, California, in fact, made no such claim. There is also absolutely no evidence that there was any widespread voter fraud going on in uh, California in uh, 2016. Now, this thing uh, Mr. Orange Guy cites, the thing called Judicial Watch, announced a while back that it had, in fact, settled its, 26, uh, no, its 2017 lawsuit with uh, the state of California and the uh, county of Los Angeles. The settlement required the county to uh, remove inactive voters from the list, meaning uh, moved or uh, dead or something like that, folks who just 
weren't there. This is where the 1.5 million figure actually comes from. Not cases of fraud. There is no evidence that any of the inactive voters were involved in any active fraud. Yeah, especially the dead ones. Yeah, they're, they're, they're clearly right out, right? But here's the kicker, friends. <laughs> out of the 23.1 million votes cast in that election, only 100 49 cases were deemed worthy of investigation. And of that amount, only six cases out of 23 million votes were found worthy to send to the local district attorneys. Six. Yeah, but they voted 273,000 <laughs> times each. Right, right. No, no, I think not. No, you, you know what I think? He's already inhabited by giant manis aliens. No, they wouldn't have him. No, I think this is what a kind of salesman does. Create facts out of thin air and then uh, sell it really hard and often until it looks, at, uh, at least to him, <laughs> like the truth. Seriously, how many times have you been in that situation where, you know, a salesman is really using all the, quote, techniques of the trade to uh, get you to buy something. These amazing stats, this incredible anecdotal result that probably wouldn't really stand up to any closer examination, but sure sounds good as it uh, flies out of the sales creature's mouth. You know, same deal. You know, I, I got to say, I think the whole fact-checking thing with this guy has become kind of a, a sport now. See who can find the truth the quickest. <laughs> I'm, tell I'm telling you, this is the craziest thing. I I'd suggest a view uh, on that uh, tube of you if you haven't uh, seen the true magic of that shell game interview of uh, Meet the Press. Unbelievable. When we return, friends, an exodus of sorts begins yet again. I want the people to know that they still have two out of three branches of the government working for them, and that ain't bad. The Fuseboxshow.com. Okay, okay. So here's the thing. No, no, not not, not that thing. This thing. This thing. Sorry. <laughs> Jump the gun. <laughs> Hang in there. <laughs> It's coming, I promise, really. <laughs> okay, so, friends, unless you are um, one of the fabled, quote, influencers of YouTube, you may not be aware of the uh, phenomena going on right now. Uh, a while back, maybe I'd say a year, perhaps two, actually, the first hacking off at the knees of YouTube creators' income occurred when it was uh, associated with ads that were being placed on some channels that were much less than delightful to the folks who uh, bought the time. In other words, the makers of something like Flab Soap didn't want its product aligned with some racist goat fondling organization or maybe the first church of the squeezed pizza. Kind of dig those guys, though. Well, they are heavenly. Thank you. Feel better now? Much. Fabulous. So that was the reason, uh, so they said, for uh, changing the algorithm for the demonetization of all these channels. 
Well, I think it was something else, as did the countless hundreds of influencers affected by this change. It, it was a move to, um, I think, really, more regulate the kind of content on YouTube. Um, not as much protect the makers of flab soap. No, the idea here is to basically drive more fringy channels to the curb, not dismantle them per se, at least at this first level, because that actually would be a problem, but just kill their cash flow, which it did quite handily. They called it uh, adpocalypse, as I recall. Kind of was. Big time. Now, I mean, I, I, I know folks who were making a pretty good living off their channels and then suddenly found they were making one-tenth of the income a day later. Of course, you know, I'll be devil's advocate here. You, you gotta say that, that before YouTube allowed for them to uh, you know, make any money at all, it was for fun and for free, like everything else on the net. Yeah, I, I see your point, but, you know, to the folks who were... Uh, building like a, a successful following and had sponsors in place and all that. Well, they, they just weren't seeing it that way. So it struck again, did it? Yeah, it struck again. And this time, uh, it was a bit more vague. I say it was a bit more... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, just jonesing for that choir. I know, I know. All right, just stand by. Anyway, so... This time, the attack on the influencers was uh, aligned with this onslaught by record company trolls who were forcing some sites to stop using certain music as it was a, quote, violation of copyright, or so that's what they said. <laughs> okay. So in the case of several sites, uh, one in particular, uh, a chap who gives literally free guitar instruction on his channel and has about yeah, half a million subscribers. All of his uh, videos were demonetized as a result of his, quote, copyright infringement. Now, let me try to explain this. <laughs> In his example, right, he didn't actually play any of the recordings that were flagged. None. He performed excerpts on a guitar showing uh, the relevance of chord progression theory and that kind of stuff to his subscribers, all right? In any other context, this would be known as fair use, as demonstration. We do it all the time, and people do it if they're going to talk about something and elaborate on it. It's not a crime. And then, in the case of uh, Rick Beato, who uh, of himself is a Grammy-winning cat, his videos were knocked down as well, as uh, he has a feature called uh, What Makes This Song Great, where um, he takes a hit and tells you what's going on in the track, both structurally and production-wise, which is really a thing. That's what he does, and it's a great, great idea, which is really just putting coin in the record company's purse, right? So... <laughs> To make that one even more bizarre, in several of the uh, examples he's citing, he's actually playing on that record. He's in it. Wait, what? <laughs> well, that sounds like a cue to pick up stakes and move along, man. Well, and that, Mr. Keynes, is what is evidently happening. 
There is a uh, video on the very tube of you itself right now, which is basically an amalgamation of a dozen or so influencers ranting about these things and uh, detailing their rather unfortunate experiences. And uh, they are also pointing to a new platform that is emerging. It's, it's still kind of in beta, but it's, it's coming up right now. It's called Library, and they have a kind of clever spelling there. It's L-B-R-Y dot com, which, uh, to quote the site, uh, says, uh, Library is a secure, open, and community-run digital marketplace. Enjoy the latest content from your favorite creators as a user, not a product. Do you see what they're doing there? <laughs> not as a tool for some advertising schmo. Yes, that's not what this is about. So, this thing is open source, and uh, they, are, uh, they are, like I said, a not-for-profit company, and they invite folks to uh, add feature sets to the code and, uh, you know, hey, govern yourself accordingly. This is what happens when something or someone attempts to create a vacuum. And uh, we know nature abhors a vacuum, and so it fills it with potential. And in this case, uh, a new platform, which may be uh, the next level up for these cats. Hell, maybe we should move to it. Well, you know what, Mr. Keynes? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm looking into doing just that. Uh, this thing has a wonderful global community, and I do mean global uh, it's finding footings in places that wouldn't necessarily even have access to such a thing, but uh, here we are. So, uh, so friends, yeah, check this thing out. Uh, I, I believe it's an app, so uh, it, it will run on the desktop, certainly, but it, it's kind of designed for the uh, app-conscious out there, phones, mobile, that kind of thing. So uh, it's uh, lbry.com. I'll have a link in the show notes as well, and uh, maybe that is perhaps the next great alternative. Well, I guess there's nothing for us to worry about. We're the ones that have the bomb. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com All right, it's time to genuflect. Oh, this is just... Too glorious, friends. Many are probably uh, aware of this thing already, but it, it really bears repeating. Uh, so, a campaign and a petition was created and uh, administered by a group called the U.S. Foundation for a Christian Civilization, <laughs> which right there should serve to alienate the other two-thirds of this populace who aren't, was delivered with haste to Netflix to uh, quite quickly condemn and castigate the heathens at that streaming service for their clearly blasphemous and what they termed, quoting now, another step to make Satanism appear normal, light, and acceptable, and mocks God's wisdom. Where do I sign up? Well, well you can't, as I understand. I think they still offer 30 days for free, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the series in which all this puff and buzzle is about is called Good Omens and was written by the late Terry Pratchett 
And uh, the very not late and just a swell guy, Neil Gaiman, back in the 1990s. And the current show is written and uh, executive produced by Mr. Gaiman and uh, stars the lovely and talented David Tennant and uh, Michael Sheen as two angelic sorts. Well, one is actually a demon, and that's that's Tennant. And uh, Sheen plays uh, the angel Azraphel in a story concerning the Antichrist and the uh, coming end of the world. <laughs> but here, here we go. The voice of God is played by none other, wait for it, than Francis McDormand. Awesome choice. Yep. Yeah. I, frankly, I'd love to live in an alternate universe where Francis McDormand was God. You know what I mean? <laughs> Things would run pretty damn well. I'm just saying. Now, the 20,000 petitioners say that choice is just unacceptable. Quoting here, God, they complain, is voiced by a woman, Francis McDormand. The Antichrist is a normal kid. And most importantly, this type of video makes light of truth, error, good and evil, and destroys the barriers of horror that society still has for the devil. They are calling. Nay, nay, demanding, demanding with tight pants and curious lumps. They want Netflix to cancel this show here and now. Problem is, the show is on Amazon. It was probably Satan that moved it just to fuck with him. Yeah, yeah. And in the spirit of good fun, at least on behalf of Amazon and uh, Netflix, Amazon tweeted and said they'd be sure as hell to cancel Stranger Things as well, which, of course, as we know, runs on Netflix, if Netflix would graciously comply and cancel Good Omens, which runs on Amazon. So you you get the idea. Yeah, they're asshats. Yeah, <laughs> Now, by the way, this is the same crew, same ones, who back in April of this year called on Walmart to stop selling satanic products, following yet again a 2018 protest against a, quote, blasphemous ice cream chain called Sweet Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You you just can't. Well, you could, but it wouldn't be as funny. Ugh. Or as truthful and uh, heavenly. Well, I, I, for one, love this series. It, it may actually be the best adaptation of any Neil Gaiman thing I've, uh, I've seen anyway. I, now, I don't know about American Gods. I haven't seen that. But this one, <laughs> this thing is, is a hoot and a holler, as they say, and uh, well-produced. Has that almost uh, Terry Gilliam spirit to the production design. And uh, it looks as though the uh, cast had uh, a little too much fun uh, on this thing. I recommend it wholeheartedly. And uh, now, now they might have had some uh, additional complaint sauce if the air date was, you know, month six on the sixth day of a six-part series. Sadly, I think it premiered on May 31st. But its damage is in full effect. So I urge you to uh, seek it out and uh, therefore be damned to eternal heck like the rest of us. Uh, I, oh, by the way, it even has Benedict Cumberbatch as Satan. 
I mean, you gotta love this, right? You know, wasn't he also the voice of Smog on one of those uh, Hobbit things? Yeah, yeah, he was indeed, and he is uh, in voice only here too, but <laughs> uh, to very memorable effect. Uh, I had a blast watching this thing, and uh, it, it's, it, it is actually one of those uh, shows that uh, you hate to see end. And uh, actually, uh, they tell a grand story in six episodes, and well worth the binge, if you're so inclined. I uh, personally prefer to relish the experience a bit, you know, see one a day, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of how I felt with the Nazi love camp of the SS series, man. Really wanted to absorb them fully. Uh, That was a series, huh? Oh, hell yeah, I think there were eight. Uh, maybe nine. I remember eight, though. Yeah, see, the memory gets kind of dim with all the screaming and whipping and steamy shower scenes, you know? Oh, man, the, the, the olive oil wrestling bit on the flaming banquet table? Now that was a standout for sure. Huh. Never seen so much pimento loaf in my entire life. Yeah, the mind boggles and then just falls right out. <laughs> Well, here's something they'd really hate. Dateline the UK. So, you're feeling a little dry? Just thought you might stumble into your local neighborhood pub and realize that all the patrons are naked. (gasps) Yep. Not a fever dream or uh, some uh, drug-induced fantasy. It's for real. And it is real. The uh, Soho-based pub... Norman's Coach and Horses, (laughs) love that, became the first watering hole to apply for a nudist license and was quickly granted one. And why not, right? So they're not horsing around there, huh? Well, they probably are horsing around later. But for the moment, this is the real deal. And it came from a uh, apparently a charity thing that the pub did with uh, regulars, I guess. And uh, then the idea just sort of Eh, blossomed, one might say. (laughs) They're now able to uh, host nude nights for locals and tourists. I think the first one was in uh, June. And, oh, 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 yeah, this is also the very first vegan-friendly pub in London. And they seem to have a very determined position to stay uh, with that sort of independent spirit. They're in uh, what's been called, quote, a historically gritty Soho neighborhood. Well, those vegans are a rough <laughs> sort. We know that. <laughs> savage, Mr. Keynes. Pure savage. I tell you that. So, uh, best of luck to Norman's Coach and Horses Pub. Um, that sounds like a uh, truly revealing time uh, could be had there. You know... That one doesn't even deserve a drop. I know, I know. You know what? We can't all be you all the time, Mr. Cleverbones over there. Just saying. (laughs) Well, 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 but how about this? On that heavenly note... Bingo! We shall take our holy bound selves out of here and skittle down the road to the next unsuspecting town, but not before thanking our contributors to this edition of the show, Eric Jurda and Jeff Pollard. And thanks as well to the chief inquisitor of impedance, Milk Keynes, for technical assistance. 
A pleasure as always. Of course, we would be solely remiss. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Yeah, solely. Thank you. Right, great, nice. Mm-hmm. Thanks to you as well, friends, for pushing play on uh, this edition of the program. And uh, if you have not otherwise done so, we'd uh, love to have you subscribe, like, and all those things that we're uh, supposed to do these days as it is the way of our world. If you have found us at uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or the OnSug channel, that is the Overnightscape Underground, we'd love to have you tag along on these episodes as they come out twice monthly. Unless, of course, we get picketed or petitioned by some insane religious organization, in which case we would be coming to you daily. Just saying. I have been your rewriting history as fast as I can host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. (laughs) Now cut that out!